My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me today as guest is Kristen Overn. Hello, Kristen. Hi, Pilar. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Let me tell you about Kristen, okay, because you may actually already know her name, but just in case you don't, she is the founder and executive director of the Page International Screenwriting Awards. She began her film career working as an assistant and script reader at Davis Entertainment and Bonneville Worldwide. And since then, she has collaborated with writers and, and uh, provided private consult- consulting and development services for dozens of writers, producers, and production companies. You also produced some feature films, right? I did. Uh, I have here The Heart Specialist and Academy Boys, yes. as well as two original sitcom pilots, several award-winning short films, television commercials, and video projects, and served as line producer and production manager on other projects as well. And uh, currently, it says, oh, this, I'm hoping this isn't too old of, an eye, of a bio, uh, you have several feature film projects in development. Is that right? I do. Oh, cool. Now, is that through Paige, or is this on your own? Yes, I primarily discovered this, the scripts through Paige. And I'm often collaborating with other producers on developing them. So, yeah. Well, you know what? What we're going to talk about on this podcast is, you know, what what do competitions look for? What's the read like? Uh, you know, how, how do projects stand out? But let's talk about Page International first in terms of what kind of a competition it is and and this development process afterwards. Great. I mean, when I founded the competition, it was it came out of working on these little independent films. Uh, what I learned was that there were a lot of people out there, uh, young independent producers, junior agents, uh, up-and-coming young managers, honestly looking for new writers, new material. But they didn't have the resources to read hundreds of scripts and discover the projects that they loved. They didn't have a big development department like we had at Davis Entertainment, for example. Um, so I figured we could use a competition to serve as sort of a de facto development department for these people and winnow down the scripts to scripts that might actually have potential that they might be interested in. Then they can come in and judge the semifinal and final rounds and discover projects that might suit their needs. And um, we also decided to split the uh, contest up into genre categories for that reason, because there were a lot of producers specifically looking for that little indie-type um, sci-fi project they could sell to the sci-fi channel or the family film or a thriller or whatever it was. So we wanted to specifically break break it down so that they could uh, read the types of scripts that they were specifically looking for. And at the same time, that gives writers the opportunity to just compete with other scripts in their same genre. So they aren't, you know, look. judges aren't looking at an action script against a family film, against a drama, you know, and trying to say, well, this one is better than the other one. Because it's very difficult, even within a genre, much less, you know, 
cross genres. So um, that's why that whole genre division came about. And I think we were the first contest to do it in that particular way. I like, I like that particular part of, of this contest. You know, people who are listening, I, I even talked to Kristen about this. We don't have a lot of competitions on because I don't want to favor one over the other. Um, but this has been around for a long time, since 2003. We were 2003. Fine. And I've been, you know, watching it keep its promises to its writers. I do like the fact that um, there are different genres that you can apply to because, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, only the prestige projects are going to win, not my comedy. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Um, why don't you tell everybody what your prize is and then also about how you as a producer then go on to do some development? Um, well, we have a $25,000 grand prize for one script. We wanted to give one writer that big prize that might give them the opportunity to take a year off and write or make a short film or pay off a big debt or whatever it was. But we also offer prizes, gold, silver, and bronze prizes in each of the genre categories. So we we recognize a total of 31 writers each year, which is a lot, but it's not when you're looking within a genre. We now have a lot of people, for example, looking for television scripts. So they'll just look at our three winning TV dramas or three winning TV comedies and read those scripts and, you know, hopefully find something that appeals to them. So, so let's talk just overall about competitions in general. And sure. why would a writer want to enter a writing competition? Well, there are many reasons, but um, one is just for the deadline. Just it's motivation, right? To have that deadline to say, oh, okay, by January fifteenth, I want to have my script ready to get it into this competition in order to get the early entry rate. It's just a little psychological boost, um, and then. It, we and other contests as well offer feedback to writers so that they can get input from the judges. And um, it's great if they can first come to a consultant like you or somebody else who, who can help them develop in advance. But if they want to know what the judges are thinking for a pretty modest price, um, we our judges will write them several pages of, of notes on their script and tell them their impressions of it and how they scored it and why and how they would score it at their production company or agency, how they would, you know, whether they would recommend it or, um, and, and some ideas on how, how best to, to develop it. So those notes, if the writer adds those on and wants to get that, that's an option they can, they have. And it, it's extremely helpful. A lot of writers tell us that the notes are the, real prize. It's the, it's their real reason for entering the contest. Um, and of course the prizes, you know, and a lot of our winners go on to do amazing things. We've had incredible success stories over the years and, um, super proud of that and super excited for those writers. So those prizes, um, include industry connections, industry, like that really is what you're going for, right? Absolutely. So when we talk about the the prizes, it's not like a new car. It's the fact that that entering a competition, especially if you're not here in Los Angeles, may give you access to industry, um, face, face-to-face access with industry that has actually requested your stuff if you get to a certain level. Right? Absolutely. And in fact, often it's our judges. We have an incredible team of judges who read the entire contest from beginning to end, but in the semifinal and final round, you're getting people who really are looking to, to sign writers. Um, or option their scripts. We had a winner this year who won the gold prize in our thriller category who lives in Qatar. Mm -hmm. And his script was optioned by one of our judges who's a producer here in town. So, okay. So uh, as far as 
the notes go, okay? Um, and or the judges, the same people, I would yes. imagine. Um, do, do people who are getting notes know the backgrounds, know the expertise, the resume uh, of the person who's giving them notes? Yes, we add that on at the end. There's a short bio at the end. We just give the person's initials because we've had some situations where writers are, get very aggressive with the judges and we wanna, we don't want them to do that. We want to be a little bit of a buffer. But um, we do tell the writers exactly like places where that judge has worked um, and so they know that the credentials of the person. All of our judges have at least three years of experience reading within the Hollywood industry um, and most much more. Okay. All right. Cool. So for, for competitions in general, you know, the, the reason that, you know, I, I know, like I said, I don't like to get behind just one competition, but in general, I usually say, hey, if you are not in LA, there are agents and managers that are vetting, mm-hmm. uh, vetting writers now based on who's getting to certain levels in competitions, wouldn't you say? I mean, even Absolutely. if they're not your judges, right? Absolutely. Or even your prizes. So it is, you know, it's, it's, they're kind of, what you set out to do, you made managers and, and agents really lazy because <laughs> they are now, they caught on. They, yeah. they don't need a lot of reader pools. They've got the competitions. The competitions vet the material for them often. Yeah, and but it's extremely helpful because these young managers and they don't have a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and paying right. readers to read through two hundred scripts, right, to find one gem is is very expensive and time consuming, and um, so we do that for them, and so then if they read say our top ten scripts, nine times out of ten they'll find a client out of it. Now there are a lot of competitions out there, and um, there is a sort of a catch-all place called MovieBites.com, B-Y-T-E-S.com, um, that does some really good vetting and also puts up all the competitions and everything you have to pay for, and and you know deadlines and stuff like that. But still, when you're going through it all, it can be overwhelming. So, what is a red flag for people who are trying to find the right competition for them? Well, Movie Bites is one really great resource for that because you, they um, invite writers to comment and score the contest. So if you read the comments by other writers about the contests that you're considering entering, you get a lot of great information. Um, your peers are your best resource in so many ways. The other thing is when you look at contests, I mean, I'm not saying that every con- – we were – our first year was 2003, 2004, and – you know, nobody knew us then. So every contest starts at some point. But be a little wary of the ones that have just been up for a year mm-hmm. because you just never know. There are a lot of fly-by-night outfits out there that have taken writers' money and never paid out their prizes and just disappeared. And that's really sad to see, and it kind of it gives all of us a bad name, and I hate to see that happen. Um, the other thing, it, um, if you see a contest that... Uh, for example, makes announcements one week apart. They announce their quarterfinalists one week, and their semifinalists the next, and their finalists the next. I'm not saying the contest is not legitimate, but what that means is that odds are they only have one or maybe two people reading the scripts. They're, because you, in a week, you don't have time to read all the quarterfinalists and determine the semifinalists. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's a lot of scripts. We take a month between our announcements because we have all these people reading the scripts and madly trying to make that next deadline so that we can make our announcements on time. Um, and you want as many eyes on your script as possible. That's part of the benefit you get out of entering a contest. Do you... Okay. All right. Uh, great to know. And also, I, I would add that 
um, looking for the prizes at the end. You know, if it's just software, well, you can buy software, right? Yeah. Um, but what you're looking for is the, the real pot of gold is uh, network connections. Absolutely. If you can have industry connections, that's the way to go. You know, and of course, uh, money would be nice too. <laughs> Right. Money's always money's great. good. Money buys you time, so you can write more, like you said up front. Um, so when people are in are submitting to a competition, um, just a competition in general, what are some things that they should keep in mind as they're writing? Because these are the things that pop in the first read. Like what what for that first read? What are the general things that people comment on, and and that helps a a, a script move forward? Yeah, the very first round is often a, about, you know, is it a professionally written screenplay? Does Is it within industry standards? It's all the stuff that you would normally say looking at a screenplay. Is it in the correct format? Is it, the, is, is it typo-free, pretty much? Is it, uh, does it look like a pro screenplay? Um, but far beyond that, of course, is all the, all the same elements that you would look for when you're reading a script at a production company or agency. Is the storyline cohesive? Is it an interesting concept? That most, perhaps most of all. Um, is it something that's intriguing enough that the, that the reader thinks, hey, this deserves to move on to have another judge take a look? And we do get that comment a lot that, you know, the, write, uh, the first reader might not be sure, oh, maybe it's not a winner, but man, there's really something here. There's an idea here. This is worth pursuing or promoting. And um, I know that for our uh, writers, a lot of them will just say, hey, I made the quarterfinals this year. That's a, that's a big step forward for me because in the past I haven't gotten that far. And so you, they kind of use the contest as a gauge of how their writing is evolving if their scripts are starting to advance further and further uh, along the line. So uh, you know, it's funny because that sounds a little bit like the process. You and I were both readers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, probably around the same time. Yeah. And, and that first read of sort of going like, it's not a recommend, okay? But right. it is a consider yes. because we need some more eyes on this. There is something here. Let's move it up the development ladder so that the creative executive can take a look and determine, you know, based on what's special about it, which is the story or the concept, is the execution also something that's really working for them? So, so let's get to this next stage then of, of the read. Yeah. They've pushed it to the quarterfinal, right? Yes. So now at the quarterfinal level, we're, we're going on to a semifinals? Yes, right? ma'am. Um, so what now are people looking for? They know that probably the story is generally working or that the concept is is special enough that it got somebody's attention. Uh, what else? Characters. Characters. Characters and theme. I mean, um, is it moving? Is it moving? Does it, does it grab you um, emotionally in some way? Um, one thing I find really interesting is in the different genres, sometimes you find the different strengths and weaknesses of different writers. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this when you read, but I tend to, tend to notice that writers... Have, a, have certain strengths or weaknesses. Some writers are very, very strong with character, but their plotting and structure might be weaker, or vice versa. And people who tend to be um, more character-focused uh, might tend to write more dramas, whereas somebody who's really into plotting and visual elements and special effects is obviously going to be working in a genre. But when you see that script where an action script has a really great lead character, 
that makes you think, oh man, so-and-so actor would love to play this part. You know, that's when that action script goes beyond and rises above the pack. Uh, you're, that's a really excellent point, that, that you're bringing a different level to genre writing. Because right. there are a lot of people who write well for their genre, and you still go, it's not special yet, right? right. But adding you know, a great writing voice in the form of a, a more in-depth look at the characters or, um, or going the other way. Let's say it's a drama, but you have great visual moments, Right? Exactly. Yeah, there's exactly. no reason dramas can't be exciting. There's no reason that sci-fi can't, you know, be deep, right? right. And when you add those things together, it that's what starts making it it really rise up. That's what makes it rise up to the semifinals and finals and win. You know, it's exactly that. The dramas, yeah, we get our that's our largest category. We get over a thousand dramas submitted every year. A lot of them, of course. Um, maybe based on, uh, I find a lot of early scripts, first scripts are, are by writers who are writing something from their own life, maybe their high school experience. Some of those scripts uh, can get a little tiresome, but some of them are wonderful. And often it's the difference between a script that is just sort of relaying something pedestrian that maybe happened to a lot of people and something that has a whole different twist and a, a surprise in the plot line that you wouldn't expect. That's a good point. Um, you know, uh, around these parts, I usually <laughs> tell my, my classes, you know, just because it happened doesn't mean it's interesting, right? Exactly. And, but you can, starting from real life is a perfect place because you can what if it. Well, what if the choice was different? And I find too that even though it was inspired by real life, you know, you can present it, let's say in a pitch, you know, and I thought, what would have happened if on that day I did this? That's a great place to go with a script because, yes, it's rooted in reality. You think you know where it's going to go, and then, bam, there's a flip. That's so smart, Pilar, because people say, write what you know, right? Right. And um, I say, up to a point, <laughs> you know, because what you know, unless there's something really interesting about it, there's a special twist to it, or that you can add your imagination to it to create that extra wow factor, you know, your, your script is going to sit with a lot of other scripts by people who grew up at the same time in the same kind of high school experience or whatever it was, you know. So it's it's find that something unique that's going to take your script to a different place than we've seen before. Start with what you know. Right. Right. Mine from what you know. I love that as opposed to just write what you know because it what, what you know may be amazing, maybe I'm, you know, but if if not, if it's not really unique, you need to find that something extra. Let's go the other way. Sometimes, one, one thing I do like about competitions is they're writing competitions, not selling competitions. Yes. So even though we said, you know, idea and story right up front, which is tends to be in a development company, that's what you need right up front. But sometimes it could just be, well, this is the story of Thanksgiving with a family and the writing is just, it just pops, even though the idea might be, okay, so it's weekend with your family and Thanksgiving. Where, where would the writing sort of elevate? Where, what, what kind of comments do you get? I, I think it would have to be regarding theme. Mm. I think it would have to co come down to something that just grabbed people's hearts, mm -hmm. you know, through character and theme. Um, and we do see that. But, yeah, it's, it's, that takes a different level of, of writing in terms of character and theme, I think. And, and when we're talking about theme, we're not talking about 
let me state the theme out loud, right? Oh, please don't. That's the worst, right? right? That's bad writing. Please do not preach to us. Yes. Please yes. I think it's more when you start to see some elements in all the stories and they all kind of land in the same area, right? It's like, let's say the theme was um, uh, searching for love, right? Well, there's right. all different kinds of love and all different ways people search, you know, and it could be the love of uh, a lover, the love of a child, the love of a friend, right? But you start to see a, a, a theme emerge that, that, that marries all these plot lines. Absolutely. And it is woven throughout the script and that evolves in some way that, again, surprises you in, mm-hmm. in really maybe a very simple way, but somehow takes your breath away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me, okay, uh, some of the, uh, your, your pet peeves in scripts. Um, uh, you know, or, or yeah. pet peeves that come up. Sure. Um, in fact, one of our judges is just writing an article for uh, our logline easing about his pet peeves of some of the scripts he'd read, he's read, so I might include a couple of those. Um, one of mine is writers who write about making movies who've never made movies. I see so many scripts. I don't know why people think that people in the industry want to read screenplays about making movies mm-hmm. exactly yeah. from people who... Because, again, it's not really something that they know. Mm-hmm. So it do, it's not authentic. And um, so that's, I, and I also am a, a typo person. Uh-huh. I have judges who are not. I must tell you, I, you know, I always say, make sure your script is as clean and typo free as possible. I'm one of those people who sees all of that, but I have judges who don't really notice it and don't really care. Mm-hmm. And they're reading professionally for agencies and stuff, but they, it's just not, their eyes don't, it's just not where their focus is. Uh, but to cover your bases, I, I make sure your script is as clean as possible. Well, also going back to your, in, you know, yeah. writing about the industry when you haven't been in the industry, um, uh, my pet peeve with that particular thing is not people who so much write about the industry, but when the happy ever after of their screenplay is, and then they sell it as a movie. Right. That oh. kills me. It's like you gave me a great story. That happy ever after should not be. And then they made a movie about it because then it feels like, yeah. oh, it's all about you. It wasn't right. ever this story I was involved in. Exactly. So I don't know if you guys get that too. Oh, but. absolutely. I mean, it, it makes me think of something that I, I was thinking about on the way over, which is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all kind of hovers around that same notion. is When you write a script that has this sense of authenticity, um, the reader picks up on it, and it's so exciting. Our grand prize winner this year, really interesting guy. He um, has worked as a documentary um, f- director and cinematographer and traveled all over the world. I was talking to him and asked him, he wrote a script about set in Alaska, and it somehow had this incredible feeling of authenticity. You read it, and you feel like you're there. And I, I talked to him about that, and he just talked about, well, being there and how um, that infused his understanding of that place. And somehow he was able to, as a writer, convey that on the page. And it was magic. Even if you're not there, okay? Because I, I don't want people to have to feel like they have to go into space to write about space, you know? Or, right, right, or to China, right. you know? But um, there are tricks, right? right? And one way to make something feel authentic is ha- not just set decorate, but give a personality of the setting, Okay, yes. so compare it to something. It's like this. It's like that, you know. Also, sensory writing to give a sense of how you know somebody is is shivering in the moment. You know, yeah. okay, now we know it's 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 cold. You know, their their breath 
in the air. Um, yep. You know, uh, you know, you know, smiling at her as her nose turns red from the cold. So we are feeling it using all the senses as you're describing makes us feel like we're there. That's exact. And that's exactly what I mean. That's what he was able to do on the page as well. Just by those clues, you felt it. You mm-hmm. felt that cold. And it was, you know, it's very, it's very powerful. Um, research. Another pet peeve of mine is plot holes and people who haven't done their research on something. When even I know that XYZ tech thing is not correct or wouldn't work or feel it feels shallow and just kind of like um, made up for the sake of well, the writer writer's convenience. The writer wanted it to happen because it, he needed that moment for his story, but it's not what would really happen. I that sort of stuff really bothers me. So if anybody listened to the science podcast a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you can do it two ways. You can either chase science to find story or write your story, write your, your tent poles of story activity, right? Yes. What you wish would happen, but then find the research, the science that backs it up. So even let's say you got to this point in your script where you go, I don't think that really happens. If there was, you know, one technical thing that supported the fact that this happened, like they, it, it isn't somebody just saying it like, oh no, you know, all the engines failed at once, you know, right. <laughs> it would be, this happened, we see it, and now we see that that's why all the en- engines failed at once, and that's supported by real evidence that shows that that can happen, you know, in a worst case scenario. Absolutely, absolutely, and that again gives it the air of, of authenticity, and and do research, you know, put put a little effort in. I know I was developing a project years ago that had a lot of airplanes and guns. It was a big action thing, and that's not me at all. I know nothing about that stuff, but my brother studied aerospace engineering and knows guns, and I have a cousin who went to Annapolis and was in the Navy, and so I had them read it and give me notes, you know, just because that way it would feel authentic. And when people read it, they would go, oh, yeah. And even if they don't, it's funny, when you read a script, even if you don't necessarily know that something would work that way, there is, you get a sense, don't you, when you read something that has been researched that, yeah, this is this feels real. Yeah, I can't tell you why, but it as the reader, even if you don't have that knowledge base, somehow you sense it. Even You know what I liked is, is you just mentioned that people were your research. Yeah. And I think that's what we forget. We think research and we go right to Google, right? And right, then, right. And then, and then we, for, if you're me, you go right to bed because you're like, I can't <laughs> handle this. But, <laughs> but there are people all around you that are experts right. because they happen to do a job. You know, it doesn't even have to be somebody who's high up. If they do that one thing, that one thing that they do could lend, you know, give you that one detail that you need. And let me tell you, people love it. Because yeah. they love being part of creating a story, a movie, and then they, they love being the expert and helping you out. If you know, so use your use your network. Now there is a, a dark side to this, right? And I'm sure you've read these scripts too that are so overly researched yeah. that all it is is the technical. Right. And you're like, where's the story? Stop teaching me. I will learn as the story progresses. So when we're talking about authenticity and research, you're not stopping to educate. You're educating as story is developing, if, if that makes any sense. Perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, the bottom line, it's got to be entertaining. Yes. Emotional, moving. It's, it's about character. It's not about, you know, the technology. But when it feels true, that only supports your story and your characters. So do you, uh, 
let's go to, let's, I'm going to give you a hard question now. And it goes oh, to no. like readers, okay? Yeah. Because just because people have expertise in the field does not mean that they always give great notes, okay? And you as somebody who runs, you know, a, a team, right? I'm sure from time to time over these many years, you've seen somebody who was like, oh, dude, like, okay, so I'll start. Okay. When people start getting overly picky and going, well, why would this happen? I don't believe this would happen. Blah, 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 blah. And it seems to be all about them and not saying, I, this wasn't convincing in the story. It drives me crazy. They just start reading it without any suspension of disbelief or any willingness to go there. You know, that's such a good point. And you're talking really about what it is to be a good reader. Mm -hmm. And it's a real skill set because you have to kind of use your knowledge base, but let go of your own ego to some degree. And uh, people who write notes, for example, for uh, we're very selective about the people who we let write notes. Not all of our judges write notes. Some people will just read. And I I love their... um, scoring and their input to us, but I don't, in all cases, like the way they write notes to writers because I think that's a real, it's a real skill to be able to talk to a writer. If you had sort of guidelines that let's say you give them or that you would like people to think about when they are evaluating material, um, are there any guidelines for them, let's say when they're expressing their thoughts uh, in notes? Yeah, I mean, we tell them <clears throat> well, there's a long, they're long conversations, and we actually have a a, a list of. Sorry, that, that's okay. A list of a, <laughs> that was me joking. Sorry. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> we we have a list of of uh, things that we ask them to evaluate in terms of each element of the script and how to talk to writers. But I mean, one of the main things is talk to them the way you would want them to speak to you. I mean, about your script. It's a, It's really about understanding and trying to help the writer make the movie that they want to make, not the movie necessarily you want to make, which doesn't mean they can't throw out ideas, and they do, you know, but it's not prescriptive. It's not you must do this or I hated that. It's not about you. It's about trying to evaluate what the writer has done. And we also ask them to about eva- to try to assess where the writer is in their journey and, and give them the, the doubts that they think will will be most valuable. So if somebody's clearly written, it's their first script, it doesn't look very professional, it doesn't, it's missing a lot of elements. Um, we ask them to talk to the writer about what the first things they need to know are, you know, talk to them about what it is they need to hear in order to take their script to the next level, whatever that might be. Don't try to turn it into a professional script overnight, because that's not possible. Got it, got it. Um, so what are so so you actually we talked about the fact that you develop some of the material like you're you're one of these producers who's also looking for scripts through yes through the competition right yes uh, can you tell elaborate a little bit more on well that? Mo- in most cases I'll tell you with in my case what I do is I read all of our quarter finalists or mm-hmm. semifinalists pardon me it's 250 scripts in, in in the summer and it's it's a huge task but it's a joy because they've been winnowed down by some judges who are really smart and they're 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 good interesting screenplays and then a lot of what i'm doing is uh, evaluating the judges that that i know who are producing who might be interested in certain projects and trying to make sure that they have a chance to read those scripts that i think might be a good fit it's a little bit of a matchmaker role which is kind of fun 
And sometimes it works, which is really fun. Um, and sometimes in those situations, I'm also involved. I stay involved in the project and I help develop it with the other producer. So most of the time, it's a, in my own uh, um, situation, it's sort of a, a team situation. Now, I, I don't know if you guys do this, and so I hope I'm, I'm you know, not stepping on toes. But I think another red flag would be for those competitions that insist that they get a development role, right? You guys don't do that, right? Absolutely not. Okay. Because that, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes people just, they don't look at the, at, at the, the small the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then they end up winning something and find out that they agreed to an option that they didn't realize they agreed to. So as far as moving on in the development process with you or with any of these producers, it is here are the opportunities, and now let's let's absolutely. And okay. we've had situations where writers have declined one of our judges offering them an option or mm-hmm. asking if they'd like to sign with them or whatever. It's always up to the writer, and and we encourage the writers to you know be cautious and and make sure you have the right fit. If you have if you're having a conversation with a producer and you feel they don't have the same vision you do that they're that what they want to do with your project isn't in alignment with what you're looking for. You don't have to sign with the first person who offers you a deal. So as a last question, do's and don'ts when submitting, not about your script, but as far as, you know, have you gotten people who like write personal notes or like you said, stalk the judges or argue back or like all uh, of the above, all of the above, (laughs) all of the above, sending us, sending us gifts. Um, you know, it's, uh, listen, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, what kind of gifts? Because, <laughs> okay, no. No. <laughs> okay. Don't send gifts. Just send them over to on the page. Yeah. Send them okay. over to pool. Um, <laughs> no, we don't, we don't want to people to feel like they have to do something like that. It's, and it's, that's not what it's about. Um, yeah, you know, it, be professional and, uh, follow the rules. Just you know, and and feel free to. We're very responsive at Page. We want writers to know that we're there for them. We're there to answer questions. We want to be transparent as we can about the process of how it all works, and and that we're trying to help writers, not you know just take their money or whatever. But um, yeah, don't just follow the rules. This is what is my main is my main thing. The other the other thing is if you win, the thing, other thing I want to say is if you win, be prepared to win. And, and, and know that a, we're only evaluating your script, the concept and the execution of it. But the other piece of the puzzle is you, your personality, what you as a human bring to the interaction. So once you get to that place where you, you're a finalist or winner and you have people from the industry approaching you, people know that people appreciate someone who is polite, who is responsive, you know, and... and you don't necessarily need to assume that everyone in Hollywood is evil. We've had some writers just be very protective jaded. and jaded. Mm-hmm. And they I think they've heard too much from other writers or read too much on the internet or something. Or maybe there's, in some cases, a little self-sabotage going on. I don't know. But sometimes I feel like writers undercut their own opportunities by not saying Yes, and having a conversation with somebody at least, even if you choose not to um, sign your script, uh, sign the option agreement or whatever, um, maintain the relationship. You just never know that might that person might come back to you at a later point with something else that you would, would love, that you would find a, a, a offer to write something or be interested in reading more of your work or whatever it is. 
that is an excellent point because a lot of these these prizes with um, industry access is just that. It's access, it's opportunity, and then the rest is up to you, which means that, like you said, you have to be responsive. If you get in a room, you got to be good in that room, yes. right? Yep. So, so you've prepared your script, now you have to prepare to possibly pitch, right? Pitch right. yourself, maybe they might want to know about some other things that you're working on, because Absolutely. maybe this is representation, they have to know that you have a portfolio of material. And yeah, if you go in defensive or, wait, I won, I just thought you were going to do everything for me, Yeah, it you don't win. That doesn't fly. Yeah. Because you know? at the end of the day, you know, they're, it's a great script, there, but there are a lot of great scripts out there. And at the end of the day, you know, it's about you. I, I'll remember when I first came to L.A. and <laughs> I was working at Davis and I read um, uh, some screenplay by a very famous, very well-known writer. And I thought it was pretty lame. I thought it was pretty mediocre. But he worked all the time. And I asked somebody at, at the office, I said, well, what is this? Why, why is this guy working all the time? What's so great about this? And they said, everybody loves working with him. <laughs> He's just a great guy. <laughs> and I thought, Wow. That's really educational. <laughs> that is educational. It is. And, you know, uh, probably, uh, you know, maybe eventually they, the notes get him to a place where he follows them so enthusiastically that they're, he's writing what they want, right? That's what so, I think happened. He yeah. wrote what they want at the end of the day, but it wasn't necessarily the most special script or the most special writer, at least in my opinion, and yeah. in other people's as well who I spoke with. But the point was he was, he was so accommodating so great to work with in whatever ways that people really loved working with him and they kept hiring him so be that writer man be yeah that writer be that writer and be talented and be good <laughs> yes. because you know because because you got to get through me first i'm not gonna let you leave here unless you're talented first but i Excellent. mean it's a, it's a really it's it's a good story because yes these things do equally matter in the industry you yeah. got to be you got to be good on the page and good in the room yes ma'am Ah, Kristen, thank you so much. I'm so glad we could finally do this. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Pilar. (laughs) I appreciate it. Tell everybody deadlines for the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Yes, ma'am. Early entry deadline for 2019 is January 15th. And then we have monthly deadlines um, up through uh, April. And our final deadline will be probably early to mid-May, depending upon the amount of entries. We always want to make sure that we can make our announcements on time so we don't announce our final deadline until the very end. <laughs> right, but because then everybody waits until then, right? And you get that's such a, big, a flood. That's a big part of it. We, we have to be able to complete all the reading in order to make the announcements by July 15th. So it's, it's, we, we, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. We read uh, about 6,500 scripts last year, and wow. it's a lot to get through. But it's definitely is. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, you guys have all the deadlines. Write them down. Send them in. Um, I also want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv for the stuff that's happening here at the studio. There are live classes. There are recorded classes. There might just be something online coming up, but I'm always sort of reluctant to, to completely... And now it's it yet until I have all my ducks in a row. Because, again, Kristen has been here to see my technical prowess. It ain't good. Oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> so I want to I do this, this Zoom class for people, right? Uh-huh. But, um, like, when I get on Zoom, the sound goes out. Okay? Again, like the magic of my bad tech mojo. So I'm trying to get all the kinks out before I actually launch You are this. technologically impaired. That's I am. Really... I am. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're wired in such a way you things go out. The, the, you know, Pilar walks by and the lights all go out. It's really quite something. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the reverse superpower. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you guys, I'll be I'll be letting you know about that. I promise. Um, I guess that's about it. Uh, thanks again to Kristen for being here. My pleasure. Thanks to all of you for listening and have a good writing week.